0: I'm going to believe by faith. Why? And I'm going to step out. My feelings are contrary to the truth. But I'm going to step out in truth and my feelings match the truth. That's how you know you're being transformed. But that's not necessarily easy. Because we are so feelings people. Aren't we? Let's be honest. I don't feel like it. And sometimes God says, I don't really care if you feel like it. Just do it. This is where obedience has to kick in. Amen? Are we up for this tonight? How do I walk and experience the life of freedom where these things like depression, worry, anxiety, addictions, lust and idols, fear, all those things fall off me? Come with me to Mark 1 verses 40. Mark 1 verses 40. I just think this is a beautiful picture of a, a man who gets redefined and changed. And there's a key at the end of this passage that if we can grab hold of, we'll start these things. If we do struggle with these things, or we'll, as we walk into a greater sense of freedom, because how many people want more freedom? How many people want a greater peace, a greater joy? You know, Knowing that you know, the ultimate goal, I, I guess, is receiving the revelation that we are... Our our place is in an eternal realm and I've got the revelation of that which impacts my life here on earth so much that it defines me and defines those around me. I don't just have this understanding that one day I'm going to be in, 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 in this eternal realm with God and it doesn't change my life here. The purpose of knowing that you are wired to live in eternity with God is to shape the way you live here. And so you live a life that glorifies Him. So when people look at you and you're going through some things, they are baffled with the fact that you can go through X, Y, and Z issue and you don't get destroyed or your life doesn't fall over. Why? Because you're choosing truth over feelings. You're being defined by Him and not what your feelings say or what the world says. And you honestly and tangibly feel freedom. It's not just theory. It's to be real. And people look and go, I've got to have what you have. Where is this coming from? And you know it's not you, so you point them upward. That's the whole point of it, isn't it? That's the challenge though. You wear a signpost for people. 2 Corinthians says, Paul says, you're a letter. They have to write a letter, it's you. And people will read the letter when they read you. So what sort of letter are we? It's challenging. I'm challenging myself. I'm preaching to me. Never mind you guys. So let's go with Mark 1 verse 40. And a leper came to Jesus, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion. We looked at that a couple of weeks back. Moved it with compassion. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed and he sternly warned him and immediately sent him away and he said to him see that you say nothing to anyone but go show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them but he went out and began to proclaim it freely this is one time I guess you might be able to be not disobedient to what God asked you to do I don't know But he didn't know what Jesus asked him to do. He went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the news around to such an extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city. But he had to stay out in unpopulated areas and they were coming to him from everywhere. You see, in a moment in time, this man, has he's not in freedom. He's bound by this disease, leprosy. He knows Jesus is the answer. He says, if I can get to this man, if you're willing, I know you can make me clean. You're the answer to my, my bondage. You're the answer. Do we know who the answer is to the things we struggle with? With the things that our friends and our family members struggle with, do we know who the answer is? Because it isn't drugs. It's not, um, what's the thing for depression? Antidepressants and all that stuff. It's not necessary. Now hear me once again. He is the ultimate answer. So often I see people that are choosing the third, fourth option, not the option. And this man knew who his answer was. He comes to him and Jesus heals him. And then Jesus says to him, you know what? Don't go and tell him my time's not ready yet. I don't want this to get out. But he is so impacted by what Jesus has done. He's gone from being a leper. You know, lepers were hated. Lepers were like put on the outside of the city. They were like, ugh. So you imagine this man, he's had this his life, he's got leprosy, and all of a sudden in a moment he's healed and he's free. And Jesus says, don't tell anyone. He says, sorry pal, everyone's going to know about you. I'm going to go tell it to the rooftops. I'm going to lay my life down and share with everyone what you have done because I am free and the whole world needs to know. What happened? In a moment his focus shifts. In a heartbeat, he goes from focusing about himself to now going and focusing about what Jesus is about, Jesus' mission, what his primary mission is, and he starts living for Jesus' primary mission. The way you get over yourself, the way you get more freedom in your life is to focus on the mission of God and what God has for you, not on your own stuff. And as you focus on what he cares about and you focus on other people, things fall off you not because anything where you're going i'm trying to make this happen no it's a realignment of focus and shift and as you just as you allow him to increase in you you decrease that's what john the baptist said he said he must increase for me i must decrease see if we'd wrote that passage we would have said i must decrease and he must increase but it doesn't. It's actually strategically placed. What it's saying is, you can't, you can't decrease out of you. He's saying, he must increase in me. It's about him in me. It's the way I get small. Not me trying to make it happen. Does that make sense? That's why it says, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and from his innermost being will flow. It's not an outside in. We try to do this all the time. I'm going to die to myself. I, I, I... <laughs> Jesus says, I'm going to build it, I'm going to do it, not you. Because all that ends up is frustration. And so we have to realign if we shift our focus and start living a life of faith. So our will is now his will. This is the challenge. This is where it comes. If you truly want freedom that he talked about, your will doesn't exist anymore. It's his will. Jesus went through this in the garden, didn't he? I, I don't think we fully capture that. I think we Oh, yeah, well, he was Jesus. He was just Jesus. He was going to do it anyway. Oh, says he, he sweat like blood, like. He was, if there's any other way that I can dodge this. He says, no, no, it's your will, Father. You see, it is finished was finished then. Not so much when he was nailed to the cross. That choice of your will Over my will. It's the most powerful thing God's given us, isn't it? Our will. And he will not violate it. But he will try and influence it with truth. That's how much he loves you. He actually won't force you to do anything. He tries to influence you with his love and his grace and his mercy. That's why we can't for anybody else. We can't enforce anything. You can't violate someone else's will to make a choice. We can only influence it with love, grace and mercy. So we've got to diet our will. What about our mind? See, this is where the battle is. Right here. Some of us have got bigger ones than others. <laughs> but our mind is where the battlefield is. Be transformed through the renewing of your mind so you can think like me, see like me, understand like me. And once again, that is a process. It's a realignment of focus. Well, you know what? I think this. <laughs> I need some tissue, Excuse me. How many people have said that? You know, it's like someone looks at preaches the word and we go, well, I think this. Yeah, but the book says this. And we go, yeah, but... I don't care. I think this. No one, just me. That's how thick I am. Yeah, you know, we have these, these mindsets. And you go, how did you get that? Well, I just sort of thought. It, I thought that's what it said. Or well, I reckon that's what it said. Well, is that what it actually does say? Well, we better go have a look. And so often we make decisions on what we think, and not what he says is accurate. No wonder we get in trouble. No wonder we get bound up and stuff. You know, well, you know what? I'm going to enter into this relationship with this person who doesn't even know. Him, but it's okay because he's going to or she's going to at some point make a decision. Or I'm going to go down this pathway because I think it's right. But hold on. It's, it's sort of in a slight contradiction to what this says. Oh, well. You know, I think we cause 99.9% of our heartache. Why? Because we want to be God. We want to be on the throne. And if you want to enter into life abundantly, He has to be on the throne. And you have to make decisions based on that book, not what you think. Hence again, our feelings. Isn't it? Well, oh, I feel like this. Well, I love you. <laughs> but maybe the way we feel is not quite and in alignment again. And so this is where, as I said, the rubber hits the road. You've been given a free gift. It's the most incredible gift. And the greater the revelation you get of the gift, the greater it is, although it still has to walk in faith and to overcome through making those choices of faith and being defined by His Word. Yeah? It's very quiet now. <laughs> Listen to what John twelve twenty four says. Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Now in this passage it's talking about the life of Christ, but you can take the same truth and apply it to us. As long as the seed stays contained here and it does not die... It's going to stay small. It's going to stay as one. But if it dies of whatever we're struggling with, if it dies and my will bows to the will of the Father, my feelings come in alignment to the will of the Father, then something is released in me that can even influence others. So it's never just about us. It's about us and others. In fact, it's about others, really. And you get transformed in the process of reaching out to others. Yeah? Ultimate freedom is found at the dying of one's self. pretty hard when you're wired to live isn't it we're actually all wired to live we're all wired to be in control and good on you God he always comes and he always does the opposite to what we think isn't he he's always the other side of the coin so we have an issue because the greater the freedom is discovered the greater the death that you go through once again not so much I'm going to make it happen, but by choosing to walk by faith in him. As we allow those three areas that I talked about, our mind, our will, and our emotions to be defined by his word, by faith, we find greater freedom. It's the promise. It's his promise. So you will. It's not whether it may be; it may happen. And we're going to look at a scripture that I think we spoke about last time. But this is why Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. The word I is used two times. I have been crucified with him and I no longer live. That's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? This is Paul. But Christ now lives in me. It's finished. It's done. It's completed. I have been justified and sanctified by my belief on the cross. He now lives in me. He even gives me power to die to myself. So he, God never does anything and leaves anything short. I've given you everything that you need to do this. There is no excuse because he's empowered us to do it. That's how an awesome father he is. Man, I look at my kids, I ask them to do things, they can't do and I'm just like, I'll go and do it, you know. The God goes, no, no, I'm giving you everything you need to be able to do this. That is good news, isn't it? Maybe, for some. The life I live in the body, here you go, so Paul, the life he now lives in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. By faith in what he's done, by faith in what he says, by faith in being redefined by him who loved me and gave himself for me. John 8.31 says, If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples or disciples of mine. Continue in my word, in my son and in my spirit book. It's not a book, it's food. If you continue walking in this enemy and being defined, then you are my disciple. You can be a Christian and not be a disciple of Christ. But the inheritance, the reward, are for those who will walk in a way, in a certain way to inherit. You've got your gift, you're in. But there is more for those, and I shared this this morning, who will walk in a way to receive of accuracy for those that live a life here on earth that brings glory to his name through faith, obedience, and perseverance. And it says in verse 32, and this is one we love to throw around, but we don't really preach 31, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free if you continue in his word, you'll find freedom. If you allow the word to define your thoughts, your feelings, what was the other one? And your will. Then you'll find freedom. Now you've I'm going to come back to this. He's paid for the... You've got your ticket in, Kurt. There it is right there. Bang. You don't need anything else. Get on the plane and fly. You're in the game. You're in the arena. You can never get out of the arena. You're in it. But now there's come some choices that you need to make. Now it's about what are you going to do with how I've empowered you to walk this way. See, the battle is for truth. It's always been about truth. It's not about power. It's not about land, it's not about money, it's not about possession, it's not about sin, it's about truth. Let's go back, let's just skip back, 6,000 years to the garden. Adam and Eve, they're absolutely perfect, aren't they? They're in perfect relationship with God. Iniquity or sin has not entered the world or the planet. They are in perfection. They see the fullness of who God is. They understand Him. God says He hears him perfectly. You go name the animals. Yes, sir, got that. No problem. It's not like trying to, did I hear him right? It's just purity at its fullness, pure truth. It's beautiful. I don't need unrenewed minds. they have got the renewed minds. It's, this is normal way of living. I'm communing with the Father that I can stand before a holy and righteous God because I'm perfect. What a beautiful picture. Ultimate truth. And then the enemy comes along, do not he? See, the enemy's plan is to deceive us off truth. Because if you can see the fullness of truth, what are you going to do? You're going to walk in a way of accuracy, which means you have such a, a, an impact here on the world and bring the glory to the world. Heaven comes to earth and the enemy doesn't want that. So he's going to try in there and he, if he can get you one degree off truth, he's got you. And so it's always been about truth the battle is for truth look at the world today people say there is no absolute truth truth is relevant to what you want it to become but no my bible and my lord and jesus says if i continue in his word then your truth will set me free man i want to be free more free than what i am already and so it's discovered do you think the enemy wants you free not sure no he doesn't want you free he wants you bound up he wants you locked down he wants you consumed with self because if you're like that he's laughing he goes well they no impact for me look at those rock people they're not going to do anything but as soon as you start forgetting about you and being defined by his word and and grabbing hold of the cross and the fullness of you know, i can't lose this thing what have i been doing I've got to walk in it now and walk forward in it with belief in Him and allow His truth and His word and His spirit to define who I am as a person. Thank you Lord for this peace and joy that is bursting out of me. Why? Because I've died to me and I'm continuing to die to me. And it's the most beautiful place you can be. Yeah? You know, the enemy will sell you a lie and say, man, you're going to lose all that stuff. You know what? All that stuff is worth losing. Trust me, it is worth losing. Oh, but what about X, Y, and Z? What about it? Once again, when this starts to redefine, you know the things that we think are so important, they really aren't. And I got sick and tired of saying, "Oh, I wish I had done this earlier." Anyone else? I wish I'd given my life to Christ at 21 when he came into my room with bright shining lights. But you know what? It took me nine years to humble my will to his. Nine flipping years. Saw miracles. My father healed a cancer. I'm healed a cancer myself. I saw the power of God manifest itself. And it took me nine years. What a donkey. Eeyore. Now he speaks to this donkey. That's what amazes me, you know. his way but the enemy will come because from day one the enemy's mission is to deceive the church which is you and i from the fullness of truth because freedom is found in truth our identity is found in his truth our inheritance is found in his truth our authority is found in his truth the freedom that jesus came for us to experience here and now is an incredibly scary reality because it means letting go of self the cost involved is massive, but the rewards are massive as well. In fact, the rewards are bigger than the fear. See what we actually do? we fear of losing control. It's not the fear of losing whatever it is. it's the fear of losing control that freaks us out, because what we can control, we feel comfortable with. Even if that stuff is killing us. that's why it's the most bizarrest thing, you know. People stay in environment situations because at least I can somehow control that and and you know, and it's scarier than walking into the unknown that you can't see. But it's where Jesus is. That's why faith is so critical because he calls you out. I had a conversation with a woman last week who God is calling out. There's a possibility she's going to get a scholarship over in America for her art. She said, I'm freaking out. She said, it's like I'm walking and my feet aren't touching the ground. I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. I said, sounds like it's a faith journey to me. Sounds like you're in the right place at the right time. Why? Because if you can do it, then it's not faith. And he actually intentionally calls you to something you can't do. Why? Because he wants you to trust him. He wants to reveal himself through his possibilities, what he can do in this thing. And you will find a level of freedom in him that you will not experience while you stay in the boat. That's why you know the money thing is so, is so huge. It's not about God doesn't need our money. We don't need your money. He wants your heart. And for human beings, money is probably one of the most things that we hang on to like this. I mean, we don't even open the dollar out and see the Queen's face on it. She's all scrunched up because we're hanging on so tight. (laughs) And he's saying, it's this thing, if you would let go of that, you'll find a freedom that you've never experienced while you've got your hand locked down. And that's just one area, but it's, you know, it is an area, it's it's a big area for us as humans, isn't it? Why? Because there's control in money, there's power in money, there's security in money. But you know what? Jesus wants to be all those things, not the stuff of the world. And so how is he going to make that happen? He won't violate your will. He'll try and influence it with his truth. You still have a choice. You are still saved. You are still, it is finished. I've got my ticket. But what you won't experience is the rewards and the inheritance of the future kingdom. That's not automatic. Read your word, it's there. There is a seat, a judgment seat for Christians, where some will receive rewards and some won't for the way they've lived. Everyone's going to heaven, going to new heaven, new earth. So we're in this position where he's trying to get us to this place of freedom, which is incredibly scary, and we're trying to stay over this side. And in the middle is faith, isn't it? That's why Paul says, the life, the life that I now live in this body, I live it by faith. Faith in who? In him. The one that was on the cross. The one that, and the more you step out, the more you see him, faith grows. That makes sense, though. The Bible says in Revelation twelve eleven, the way to overcome the enemy is made up into three parts. And really walking in his freedom is no different. Number one, the blood of the Lamb. So you overcome the enemy this way, I believe you walk in freedom this way. The blood of the lamb, it's finished. Get that under your belt, it's secured, it's nailed, it's done. The word of our testimony. Speaking forth what he's doing. There's power when you bring forth testimony. There's power in what Simon says. It encourages us. God is at work. God is doing some things. When the word, when you're sharing with people out there in the marketplace and schools and education and hospitals, wherever you go, when you share what Jesus is doing, Do you know there's power in that? He's in that. He's attaching himself to that. You'll find you'll be free. You'll you'll come into another level of freedom by just sharing what he's doing in your life to people. Anybody experience that? You go, man, that was awesome. That was really cool. They didn't commit their lives to Christ. That doesn't kill That's not the point. He says, just share. You'll come alive. That takes faith. But you'll be in a greater sense of freedom. And the third thing is they do not love their life even when faced with death. I was having this cool conversation with Yvonne because I was sharing about freedom over in India. We're around the—I so just come back from India a couple of weeks ago, and I was with the Waltons, Yvonne Walton, and I was just sharing what I talked about, and she said, "You know, she said There's something in our nature that loves bondage." And I said, "Wow, that's profound," because it's true. There's actually something in our nature that likes bondage. Why? Because bondage is sort of sort of comfortable. It's like, tell me what the rules are. Give me the tick box so I know I can tick it all off and I'm safe and secure. But it doesn't require responsibility. It doesn't require the sense of, oh man, this is I'm in tension now because I could ego that way or I could go that way. And I shared this the other week. It's like walking on a knife edge, but it's the way Jesus set it up. That's why legalistic churches grow really quickly. Because they make people feel condemned and guilty for not ticking boxes. And that's why as leaders and leadership of the church will tell you, you know, we actually love, tell me what to do, Kirk. I don't want to figure it out myself. I don't want to have to seek the word myself. I don't have to go there and, and seek God. No, you tell me what to do. And I'll do that. Because one, it's easy. And two, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right thing as a good Christian, whatever that is. Are you with me? But God says, no, no, no. There's no responsibility in that. God wants freedom. I'm not free in that. I'm only free to make decisions based on knowing Him out of a heart. You see, that's why we're never going to build legalistically here. Sometimes I want to, because <laughs> it's easy. It's easier. No, Jesus' way is the long way. It's the harder way. Why? Because everybody has freedom. Everybody has the ability to choose. Not trying to herd a whole lot of cattle into a pen because they are in fear or guilt. I'm, you know, I, run a, I get angry when I, I mean Danielle. When I met her, she was so bound up. Because she'd sat under legalistic leaders. I couldn't believe it. And our first date that we... Well, it wasn't really a date. I met her here. And then on Sunday night, she came back to my place for coffee with a few other people and we were talking. And I'm like, mate, where have you been? She told me, you know, they couldn't go out on a Saturday night if they were in the music team. And if they were seen out, they got reprimanded. They got told what they could wear and what they couldn't wear. They got told who they could date, who they couldn't date. This goes on. I'm sitting there going, and she, she'd sat under that influence, and she was, it was taking root in her. That's the danger. God's trying to get you to walk in freedom, but if we sit under bondage, and there's something about bondage that we like, and we don't even know it, and we sit under it, and we get smothered by it, and now we start passing it on to others. And I'm sitting there going, you are a legalistic Pharisee. I wasn't too good for the relationship starting no. <laughs> off. But I didn't, I didn't really. I'm just like, what is this? I've been saved a year and a half and all that. He's like, what? Who do you think you are? I said, well, what is this? There was no freedom at all. I said, that's not the Bible that I read. That's what the Jesus that came here. Yeah, the whole thing's set up in a knife edge. We can destroy our life a finer life. But he calls us out into unknown zones. And if you want to find freedom and life and life abundantly here on earth, then it's a realignment of focus. It's a dying to our will and a dying to our mind and embracing him and our feelings and making choices by faith and stepping out into the water. And I'm, not, I'm telling you the truth. This is your hearing truth tonight. The challenge is will we take the plunge? Will we take the plunge, freedom requires a level of trust in God that unfortunately some of us aren't really prepared to give so we never get to experience this reality. The rich young ruler, I guess, is the classic. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I've done all those things. What else? He said, you need to take everything you've built your whole life upon and give it away. Wow, what a choice he's faced with, eh? It was easy for the other stuff. Jesus goes straight to the thing that he knows he's in bondage over. The thing that he's got his will, his mind locked on. Some of us have ten things, some of us have one, some have five, some have twenty but he goes to this man and he says, this thing that you've built your identity on, this thing you've built everything about you, your security on, give me that. And then you'll find a freedom that'll blow your stinking mind. It's not so much at the same time that he's rich. He's not saying that the rich people, people with money, they find it harder to enter the kingdom, although that could be a reality. What he's really saying is those that have power those that have authority, those that have made something of their lives, those that are actually, you know, they've become king of the throne of their life, it's harder for them to let go and come under my authority. Because we know the kingdom of God is wherever Jesus reigns. And what he's saying is he's trying to get him to see something big. It's not just he's got money, it's his attitude, his stature, what he's made himself to be. He's the I man. And he's saying, the I man needs to die now. Are you with me? That's another story, isn't it? That's another situation. And so I believe God would say that to us tonight as well. If you want to experience greater freedom, the I has to die. I love that word obedience. And if you look at it, you look in the middle, it says die. In the middle of obedience is die. And in the middle of die is I. I die. And if we die, we experience freedom. And I tell you, it'll blow you away. I can't describe it. I'm not saying I'm anywhere near the level I've experienced a good dose of its freedom. I don't, I tell you honestly, I don't have an issue with the stuff that I struggle with, to be struggling with at one moment, to honestly repent from my conscience, leave whatever, and walk down here and preach. That is what happened, whatever that is. Because I understand the cross. I understand that I can come before God who loves me unconditionally and I can have done something, repent of it, walk out wherever I am and walk straight into his presence. Boldly into his presence. Not with going, Oh my goodness, as you said, he's forgotten that and I'm walking. That can happen within a second like that. That's how awesome the cross is. That's what he paid for, for us all to walk in that, yeah? And as we get the revelation of that and start to choose him by faith, life abundantly happens here on earth. It says this, the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Think about that. The measure that you use in everything, it will be measured back to you. Some of us are expecting things to happen in our lives, but the measure in which we use it is tiny, but we expect the big measure. Some of us expect God to bless us with finances, but we're not sowing financially. Some of us expect God to bless us with jobs, but we don't sow into that environment. We're doing nothing to, our, our focus is still on us. It hasn't shifted. It hasn't, it's not like that man that says, don't say anything. I mean, I'm telling the whole world. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to share what you've done. My focus has been realigned because I met you. I want everyone just to listen to this and I'll close with this. You can trust God with your life. Every aspect of your life, you can trust Him with it. So let go of the areas that aren't submitted to Him. And you will see incredible things unfold in your life. And you will move in a level of freedom that is so hard to describe, but it is true and it is real. You can trust in him. Some of us are trying to find partners. You know what? You'll destroy the marriage when you find it or the relationship because... You're so bent on it, you'll, you'll come into it twisted because you're looking for someone to make you happy and you're, someone can never make you happy. You've got to find him. Two people have to find him and come into that covenant relationship finding him because then they come serving. But some of us are bent on finding relationships. Some of us are, are, are finances. Is, is something that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make the next buck. I'm trying to do this thing because then I'll have enough to do what I need to do. You're never going to have enough and it's never going to happen. Now hear me, if God has said of an area of your life, then go for it. God said. Everything is found in Him. Everything is found in him thank you Jesus Lord so often we say take this thing away from me but you don't do that, God. Where prayer should be, strengthen me as I go through certain things. Or we look at the enemy and we say, stop the enemy from coming. But you're never going to do that. And I say, you no, know the prayer's wrong. Strengthen me because he came to Christ and continues and I'm going to come back. And you even allow that to happen because you're trying to define us. And so, God, tonight we just pray, I pray. That what I've shared tonight, Lord, would go deep. It would permeate the worldly thinking. It would permeate attitudes and mindsets, Father. And the truth would go deep into the innermost place. I pray, God, that as a community, as individuals, we would allow Your truth to define us, to mould and shape us, because. We are the clay and you are the potter as our Messiah. And as we let go, you say, now I've got something to work with. And Lord, help us to see that we will benefit incredibly through this process. Through a process that looks like it's going to cause hardship and heartache. It actually brings life and freedom and victory because you are back to front to our humanness and the way we do things. And so, God, I pray that we would connect with your Holy Spirit, that we could connect by faith with you and your word. And as we consume this beautiful, beautiful plate of food called your Bible, your living word, redefine us, reshape us, realign us for your kingdom glory.